Welcome to Live and Love Your Brand, a podcast to support you in sharing your message and mission with the world. I'm your host, Emma Lovell. I'm lovely by name, lovely by nature. I'm a personal branding specialist with a mission to support female entrepreneurs to live and love their brand. I've been running my business, Lovely Communications, for more than 12 years, and I can hand on heart say that my success has come from the strength of my personal brand. I believe in the power of owning and sharing our story. I want to help you own your story, shop consistently, and really put yourself out there. So here on the podcast, you'll find helpful tips, practical exercises, and joyful discussions that will inspire you to reconnect with your brand and communicate it more effectively. I'll be joined by incredible experts to discuss how personal branding can have a huge impact on your business and on your life. I'd love to hear from you, so please make sure to connect over on social media. You can find me on Instagram at lovelycoms, that's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y, double the L means double the life, Facebook, Lovely Communications, and you can join in the conversation in our lovely community, the Live and Love Your Brand Facebook group. Of course, make sure to come back weekly as each new episode drops. I can't wait to share with you how to gain clarity, build confidence, and increase connections all by sharing your unique personal brand with the world. Lovely Communications is based on the Gold Coast and recognises Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. We are grateful for the continuing care of the lands, waterways and skies where we work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on your Gumbe country and from wherever you are listening, we respect the elders past, present and emerging. Welcome back to the Live and Love Your Brand podcast. I am so excited to have Brooke McCarthy joining me today from Hustle and Heart, talking all about having hustle as well as heart in your business. I was very fortunate to do Brooke's course uh, on how to write a sales page, and I did write a sales page and have sold my course. Uh, So huge thanks to Brooke. And I wanted her to come on and share some of her awesome wisdom that I got to experience with you all. So Brooke McCarthy is a business coach and communications trainer with 17 years experience in digital communications and a background in public relations. Brooke works closely with business owners to help them magnify their impact, build their professional reputation and magnetize their ideal clients to them. With 14 years in business, Brooke is a self-employment geek. She believes in the power of purpose-driven, values-led business to enact enduring positive social change. Brooke learned entrepreneurship when working in Vietnam and Cambodia as a tour leader. A noodle soup is her love language. So without further ado, I can't wait for you to hear this awesome chat full of heart and a bit of hustle with Brooke McCarthy. Welcome to the Live and Love Your Brand podcast, Brooke McCarthy. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. We've had a brilliant gas bag, so I'm going to have to remember what we are talking about. But I'm always going to start with the huge question, the very easy question of who are you? Tell us about you. I'm a human female in Sydney, Camaragal land. 
Um, I I'm sometimes say I'm a business coach. Please don't hold that against me because business coaches tend to have a shocking reputation, some of them. Um, but I'm a business coach and a digital marketing trainer who specializes in helping business owners to lead with their values, use their values as a GPS to magnify their impact and to consistently earn 10K plus months every month. As a business owner myself, that sounds very nice, (laughs) (laughs) which is why we have worked together. So, you know, I think I saw your name and heard about you through Rachel's List, which is a wonderful community and group for writers. Uh, And then I actually came and did your course, which we'll talk about a bit more. Um, But that is fantastic. And, yeah, so tell me, your business is Hustle and Heart. Hustle and Heart sets business apart. Yeah, so the idea there is I think there is still an enduring belief that work is dirge and if it's boring and difficult, then it's well paid. And if it's fun and creative and you absolutely love it, then it's not well paid or, you know, it's just a hobby or fun or a passion and you can't make a living out of it. So I'm determined to break down that old um, paradigm and to make sure that people appreciate that they can work for love and money. It doesn't have to be, you know, all about the hustle or all about the heart, that actually the best way is to combine both. Absolutely. I love that. And yeah, I was hearing someone tell me about the other day that was about, you know, some people saying that they're passionate in their business. And I'm like, oh, passionate's one of my keywords. <laughs> but, um, but, but, you know, but you can't, like you say, you can't run on passion alone. Um, you do have to make money and have an income. Yeah. And yeah. there are days where you probably won't like everything that you're doing. Um, you know, we all work, you know, it's called work for a reason. But, yeah. but you can love it a hell of a lot more of the time and choose what you do. That's the difference. And I think like this is the age when, you know, we're at a fabulous time in history and, you know, we're privileged to even be having this discussion, but Mm. certainly having that privilege, um, why do we continue to suffer and believe that we have no choice and there's a lack of control in our life? Like that for me is really, really sad. Um, I hear from people all day every day feeling like there's a lack of control in their Mm. lives and these are business owners yeah so I think you know what are you doing like what are you doing to kind of recreate the same conditions that you just run away from in employment you know yes I have a little thing that comes up in my head um, because you know coming from background of freelancing um, I would sort of go to myself some days, you know, I'm sitting in here and to even take a minute to go out onto the balcony to get the sunshine or to go down the stairs to where I have a beautiful pool, very lucky to live on the Gold Coast. And I'm like, where's the free and freelancer? Or where's the freedom that was the reason that I choose to run this business? And it's just, it's good. It just pops into my head and then I just stop. And it's like, I can go and sit outside. Yeah. I can decide to stop work right now and go and walk with my son. And if I choose to work later on and pick this up later, that's my choice if I choose to get up at 6am and do a couple hours so that I can go to lunch, you know, in the middle of the day for three hours. That's, that's the beauty. And mm-hmm. we've got to remember that free or freedom um, mm. in, in the choice. Yeah, absolutely. We've got freedom and we've got choice. And I think the easiest way, I think it was, um, oh, I'm going to have to Google it to find out who to attribute this quote to, but it's, it's Alice Walker. Okay. He said the quickest way to give your freedom away is to believe you don't have any. 
Yes. Ooh. That effect. Ooh, and I, I, that. I think for I think freelancers and self-employed people do that all the time. All the time. I have conversations with people and they're like, well, that's the rate, you know, or there's no budget. The client told me there's no budget, so I have to do it for free. And I'm like, you don't have to do anything. Like there's always a budget um, and if you don't ask, you won't get. But, like, you've got to actually get over yourself and ask and realise that absolutely everything is negotiable um, and that you don't have to do things the way they were done in employment. Um, yep. You don't have to charge what, you, what your colleagues and peers are charging. You know, you don't have to deliver your services the way that your colleagues and peers deliver their services. You can literally make it up. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people appreciate that on an intellectual level. Yes. They're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good in theory. But when you really appreciate that, like when you see that in action, when you actually enact it and you start getting fabulous things happening, you know, fabulous things happen as a result, then I think there's a whole new rebirth of like, oh, my God, life just clocked up to the next level and it's going to be even better. It's going to be better and better. Oh, God, I I can feel that feeling that you're talking about, like when especially when you look back, like when you've been running your business for a while and you had those reflection moments where you go, like, you know, I just made a sale and I have this beautiful person that I really enjoy working with who has just come into my program with ease and paid me very, very good money. The amount of work and the amount of hustle I would have had to have done four or five years ago and then and thought and felt that I had to do once I got that client to deliver the work, Mm. you know, just the you know, and they're getting value and you're getting value and it just feels really great. And it's, gosh, mm. it's amazing. But it is it is really easy to slip. You know, it is a choice and it is a reminder like almost daily because it's so easy when you do work for a client, um, mm-hmm. especially if you're working with corporate clients, to slip into their hours mm. and to slip into the almost the hourly rate, if we were like getting my run. Like when you're like, no, I've packaged it on this purse. I've done a campaign rate. I've understand my value I'm good but that's all I said it's an intellectual level but they're so easy to get dragged back into that like old structural way of working 100% well I think the thing is that a lot of us fall into self-employment and for all of the oh sorry about that for all of the online propaganda about freedom and flexibility and you know which is all true to an extent but it's it's you know it's a popular it's a popular um message to push but for a lot of us we're actually in self-employment for a myriad of complex reasons not all of them positive and we we start a business using the technical skills of copywriting or graphic design or website design or whatever it is and we don't necessarily know the business and marketing skills we learn them on the job Mm. and we often learn them informally and we learn them through observation of our peers and our peers don't necessarily know what they're doing (laughs) you know so we kind of cobble together this understanding or knowledge of what you know business and marketing is and it's not always very helpful what we end up with no, and it's why I'm so grateful for something like Rachel's List where we connected is because that's like a lovely community of people who are freelancing, running their own businesses, similar industries who are very generous and open with the information. And I know that when I started out, I felt like people were a lot more cagey um, and just very grateful to have some mentors along the way who were yeah. open and, and guided. But otherwise you are, you're making it up and you feel like you're in a silo on your own and no one else knows what it's like and, and then no. 
grateful to people like yourself, Brooke, who've been through it and then take that experience that you've had and share it and give like, why reinvent the wheel? Here's the formula. Mm. Help you. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, no one can do, no one can be you. So it's like, I'll do yeah. my do with my own flavor. And um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you've got to, you know, you've got to um, learn the business and marketing skills. Hopefully, I believe, if you're going to make a hell of a lot more money and actually have that lifestyle freedom that a lot of us are craving. But equally, we have to always put that through the lens of our own experience and our own lives of, okay, well, that that might work for my teacher or trainer, but that's not going to be appropriate for me. I need to, mm, you know, find my yes. own way through this. Yeah. And, um, you know, what you were sort of saying before, it's like that I, what keeps coming into my head and it's come up a little bit at the moment because I'm about to go on a holiday and I'm talking quite vocally about that and some people going, how do you do that? Like, oh, mm. my gosh, you're doing that. It's like, well, I choose to um, mm. and I make it work for me. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes that you don't see yeah. um, to make that happen. But, again, it's all my choice and it's my priority and, and that sort of thing. But I also, I don't live to work. I work to live. Yeah. and you, I, you did share, I'd love you to share if you could summarise it quickly about a time where you did go on a wonderful trip. Yes. But it was that, <laughs> that trying to find that business working. Yes, I've ruined so many holidays. I've ruined so many holidays. <laughs> so I've been self-employed for 14 years and we have had a number of large, longer trips in that time and plenty of shorter ones. Uh, and the first long trip we had was six weeks in France, in the south of France. We hired a beautiful big sandstone house and we had a rolling entourage of family and friends who came from England. My, my partner is English and uh, Australia. And it was it was absolutely glorious. Like you couldn't have you couldn't have made it any better. Except I thought I'd make it a little more challenging. Yeah. And my my partner says I like to push the envelope. Um, and maybe that's kind. <laughs> that's a nice <laughs> way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, but I think I like part of me. I think was just trying to see. Okay, well, you know, live in the lap laptop lifestyle I might just see how far I can push this mm. and so I kind of had vague plans of doing a group program my first off the back of a pay what you like um, experiment that I'd done um, and I decided that this holiday was the perfect time to launch it despite mm. the fact that my graphic designer had basically you know broken up with me she'd gone on extended leave and I didn't have a web designer at that time and I didn't have nearly enough support um and I thought yeah I'll just I'll just launch this overseas and it was uh it was the worst because I basically created a whole bunch of unnecessary um stress and just heaped it on top of what was otherwise a perfectly fantastic time um so yeah I mean over 14 years you know I've made all the mistakes many times over just to make doubly sure it was that in yep. fact a mistake yeah um you know and just simple stuff like not saying no to clients not not giving clients enough notice mm. not being clear enough with boundaries and saying I'm actually going to be unavailable yep um and also um just you know not saying no when people ask for things that are perfectly within your rights it's not an emergency if you're a marketer or a business coach you don't have 
emergencies, you know, yeah. clients don't bleed out in the street. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I like know. There's, there's no we reason. We're so important, don't we? Oh. Like if in case of emergency, it's like, yeah. you know what, I'll check my email when I check it. Yeah. But this is where I'm at. And it's the yeah. new out-of-office wave that's coming and I've got to actually put mine on today. Yeah. And it's that reminder that you like you have that, oh, if you need me. And it's like if someone really wants to find you, they'll find you. Yeah. There's plenty of ways to contact you, but I actually don't want to invite them <laughs> to like. No. And people, I think it's really nice. I found that more and more my clients are actually saying to me, no, you're away. I know you're away or yeah. you're unavailable tomorrow, that's fine. Um, what do we need to do before then? They're actually saying it. It's like, it's like, oh, wow, that whether I've they, they've read the energy or whether that they've just been educated or I think there is a little bit of COVID hangover, which has helped that yeah. people want that separate, need that separation. So they're like, let's let's not do that. Let's model good behaviour. Yeah. You're off. I'm not yeah. going to contact you. I'll yeah. talk to you in three weeks. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of people that haven't had a proper holiday um you know for the last two and a half years and they're feeling it and they appreciate others that you know do have a do have a break <laughs> in the same respect that I was chatting to a friend yesterday who's also a content creator and it's like you know because if people are like get off the internet don't be on here it's like but actually content for me is fun and if I feel inspired mm. as you know that holiday inspired that email that I read which was came at a very pivotal time I was actually up at 1am with my son in the UK the one about France oh right yeah Yeah. so literally that came and I was reading it at 1am lying in bed in the UK Mm. worrying about my business while my son slept next to me dealing with jet lag and I read that and I was like thank you Brooke (laughs) yes just let it go let it go yeah and I look you know I think to go with the flow sometimes though as well and if some if you feel inspired Go with it, but don't have that need to deliver. I think the delivery, that's the thing that I've cut out all the way. I don't need to deliver. Yeah. If I want to create, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really, I was so grateful you for you sharing that message. And do you want to just tell us a little bit, you know, we sort of alluded to it a bit, but you've been running the business for 14 years. So what was the leap for you personally to go from working for others to running your own show? Um, I just had a skill set that I found. I mean, there's a multitude of different reasons. I always kind of wanted to run my own show because I don't like following instructions. I don't like, you know, I don't like trying to fit in. And um, I developed a skill set. I had early experience on the internet and digital publishing. And I had this sideways step from public relations when I was managing a big multinational website and publishing content. And that was 2005, six, seven type thing. Mm-hmm. I took a sideways step into magazine publishing and that particular um, company was small and they were kind of feeling their way into the internet. And they were like, oh, there's, you know, there's a future here. And I was like, hi, I'm like the only person you have on staff who actually has experience in this mm. and, you know, not having that recognised. And I think it was having this kind of, skill set at this particular point in time thinking you know this why why can't I find a job that that recognizes this and I think that's true of a lot of self-employed people they have a particular skill set and it doesn't fit the bill of a typical job description and hopefully they recognize that and see the value of their skill set and experience and a lot of people do start their own businesses I know because they tell me um, because they can't find a job, 
um, or they can't find a job that's, you know, that's remunerated enough, remunerated yes. enough. They all the um, unicorn, don't they? Yeah, and yeah, and I think um, you know that's a lot of reasons why people start. So I thought I was too young. I was only twenty eight at the time, and I thought, oh, I probably need a bit more experience before I start my own business. But I kind of took the leap earlier than I thought I would, um, and I'm really, really glad I did. And I, when I started out, I ran a digital marketing agency, and I did marketing on behalf of small businesses. And then um, ten years ago, I started moving into training and coaching so now I just do training coaching and facilitation yeah oh I love that um well as Rach would say it's like you're a true slashy the yeah. slash I do this slash this slash that <laughs> and yeah, but they're all related they're all professional communication they are they are but you know sometimes hard to yeah to you know it does not fit a job description and I think when yes. we're growing up what do you want to be when you're older you realize that so many of those traditional industries that you knew of or roles that you knew of, well, once you get into the industry, there's so many different facets and so many different ways that you can use those skills. Um, And when you get to be your own boss, you get to do it differently. But we think very differently. I was 22 when I started my business and you probably went in it with a bit more education. I was a very clueless and ignorant and ignorance is bliss. So Oh, I 100% agree with you. I think it's, um, you know, I had a my first baby when I was 29, almost 30, and I had a massive party for my 30th. And if I'd reflected back, if I'd known then, you know, having a party when you've got a four-week-old child, I would never have had that party. <laughs> that would have been a real crying shame, you know. So yeah. I- um, you know, I agree. I think you can absolutely overthink it. I teach people how to start businesses and in the very, within half an hour, I can tell you're going to start a business. You're never going to start a business. Mm. It's the people that over plan it and overthink it and try and preempt every conceivable thing that could happen, they're never going to do it. Yeah. 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 Well, I just, I can't believe how much in the last three years since, you know, I've been running my business for 13 years, but how much, like could not have you asked me three years ago if, if I was doing this now I would not have told you that but like you know that word we love from COVID like pivot that's just that's just what entrepreneurs do you see yeah. an opportunity or you see a gap or something's not working you go oh well what do we do now yeah or how do I do this or you know are you still doing that well I am now <laughs> okay yeah. off we go yeah. you know if it works for you and feels good that's the beauty of doing it but I liked what you said before about the coach um because yeah, I didn't call myself a coach for a while because of that stigma. And there are some Yahoos out there and it has got a ten like a negative connotation, but then it, it really is the best description of what you do. And you really do encourage, motivate, guide. You do what a coach does. So yeah. Yeah. It makes sense to call yourself that. But on that, do you face any challenges apart from, you know, what you're gonna call yourself in terms of your personal brand and how you show up? Do I face any challenges? I think perhaps one of the hardest things is that mass communication requires simplification and repetition. So much like a politician who's trying to win an election, they get these sound bites and they Mm. simplify their messages and then they just repeat themselves and people take the piss out of them. But that, it works, right? People, you know, if you're trying to communicate to a mass audience, then simplifying what you're saying and repeating yourself is a really good rule of thumb. 
Having said that, I find it really difficult. So I tend to overcomplicate my message. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot of um, miscommunication, oversimplification, um, and frankly, bullshit on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I'm always attempting to give a more nuanced, well-rounded, informed, critical thinking perspective, appreciating that that's just one perspective of many. And I don't think that does me any favours at all because, you know, for the reasons I just stated, you have to simplify your message and you have to repeat it. And that's, I think, why, you know, it's not just me that finds this difficult. We're creative preachers. We tend to be mm. creative people, freelancers especially. So we get, you know, we get excited and distracted and we go, oh, but I'm going <laughs> to talk about things. this and this yeah. and this and I'm going to talk about all the things. And therefore we make it harder than it needs to be. Yes. Oh, I've actually, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I'm, I feel like I've had that same thing. You know, I talk to my clients about key messaging and that you do say things, things or say it in a slightly different way but the message is still there but I know that I get to sick to death of myself saying things and when you look back on what you've been sharing you're like I'm not actually saying the most important thing uh or it's been a long time since I've said why I'm here and what I do because remembering as well that when especially with digital it's moving so quickly that your audience grows and changes so they might not have heard that most important essential key message yeah, because now you're trying to talk about it in all these whirly gig ways. When it's like, 100%. we need to go back to I'm a business coach, yeah. and I support you to do this. I'm a personal branding coach, and I will help you to show up. Yeah, yeah, Dang. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and it sounds so simple that it's yeah, it is. It's, it's uh, one of the things I've loved seeing my clients do, and I ask you this question too. But it's that simple thing of just telling people, this is me, and yeah. this is what I do. Yeah. And literally that has translated into the clients and they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, you weren't even telling people what you offer. Yeah. And then I have to remind myself of that. (laughs) Well, I see that on social media all the time. Like years ago uh, I ran a social media course. I think it was in Melbourne from memory. And a woman turned up and beforehand I'd done a little bit of background research and I was looking at her stuff and I was thinking this woman is all over it. Like she's got... She's on Pinterest. She's on Instagram. You're like, she's got this sorted. Like, why is she coming to this course? I've got no idea. And then I looked around a website and I thought there's absolutely no way for me to give this person money. Mm. Like nowhere. It's just a whole bunch of useful information, like a whole bunch of information. But nowhere does it state, you know, this is what I do. This is what I can help you with. You know, here's how we work together. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's really true on social media. We see a lot of people who get very confused. And I've always taught social media marketing through the lens of you are a business with services, using social media as one avenue, one of many avenues yes. through which to market yourself and raise your visibility and reach. Whereas I think a lot of people look at social media and they go, oh, maybe I'm a, like they they don't see the nuance between an influencer. Mm. who's like, this is me living my life, building a massive following, and then I'm going to figure out how to monetize it. And a business with services um, who's using social media, you know, to raise their reach and visibility. Oh, that was such a good clarification. Thank you. Yeah, I think a lot of us get stuck in the awareness trap. We're in that saying that awareness stage. And I say us because I always, I'm practicing what I preach. I remind that I'll be telling someone something and be like, look at yourself in the camera, Emma, because you're doing the exact same thing. It's, yeah. um, 
yeah, it's just that it that comes down to that simplicity of he says, why am I here? I'm here yeah. to do I'm here to serve. And I think it's that thing as well of you, it's a disservice to your clients if you're not telling them. I had a client last year, I, I reached out when I started Lovely Brand Builders and I said, oh, would you like to join? This is what I'm doing. I'm thinking about doing this. She said, yes, I was waiting for you to offer me something. <laughs> and I was like, why didn't you ask? And then I'm like, no, no, that's not her job. That's not her yeah. role. That was mine. And she yeah. was like, I just wanted to see what you did next, but you weren't talking about anything. And so yeah. it was a yes, straight away. It was like, oh my God, I'm not. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Thank you. And we just got to keep. Well, I think that's a huge, like that's a huge thing for women in particular, women in business is um, a massive self-consciousness. I cannot overstate this enough. How many women in business I've met, and we've spoken about this before, Emma, with huge self-consciousness to do with being seen and being heard, and then maybe they can kind of get past that a little. But then the next step is, you know, being seen and being heard on social media and the internet and then asking for the sale or being direct, having yes. a clear call to action, this is who I am, this is how you can work with me. That's like phenomenally hard for a lot of women, you know, huge, huge um, blockage and hindrance. Um, and that, you know, directly affects your ability to be paid. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that even when you're standing in front of someone saying, I want this, I need that, literally they're asking you for what they want and need and you have the answer, you have yeah. the solution and then still yeah. not giving it or, or even recommending other people. <laughs> like this person does this, this person does that. It's like, hello. <laughs> Whenever I see my clients, I'm so proud. Like that simple, hey, did you know I do this? Yeah. That's all it can take. And I yeah. think that is so powerful. But, you know, one of my questions was, why do you think business owners struggle to show up? And you don't yeah. that. Well, I mean, this is a massive conversation and I have a theory. <laughs> my theory is that for thousands of years, if a woman was seen and heard, she was at in imminent danger of being killed, of having some grave physical danger. Um, you know, there weren't that many women in the public eye. Women were kind of in the background keeping, you know, the whole ship running, but they weren't in the public arena. And it's still very new. You know, it's it's in, in 2,000 years, 3,000 years of history, we're talking about a tiny little blimp at the end, of, you know, 50 or 80 years that women have been in the workforce, have been in the public eye, you know, in numbers. Mm. So I think we store this trauma in our bones, in our tissues. And, you know, that there, there is, I can't tell you the amount of times I've had this experience. I'm like, this is an disproportionate emotional response by females in the public arena who are also overstating the fear of trolls mm. and in this way there's a self-censorship that goes on and what what is self-censorship self-censorship keeps the status quo intact right it's like mm. oh we couldn't possibly do this or you can't do that you, you can really but having that peer pressure or everybody colluding on the story you know you know oh if you do the if you're too outspoken on social yeah. media trolls Having everybody colluding on that story acts to keep everything intact. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I think people, I say this quite frequently to people and I don't know, it's maybe not a very kind thing to say, but I'm like you have the opposite problem. You think you have the problem that you're very visible and trolls are going to attack you. Actually, no one knows you exist. 
Yeah. Yes. You know? You're so unseen. You're keeping yourself so small. Uh, yeah. my, yes. I, I say it a different way. I say, look, no offense, but you're not Kim Kardashian. You're not yeah. really flooded. You know, we worry that if you put something on your website, like, yeah, there's just so many websites out there that, yeah. you know, and so what, if you say the wrong thing, well, maybe sometimes I do like a spelling mistake or something wrong in my email or people write back and I'm like, well, yeah. at least you read it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I posted, I posted a joke. Um, I posted a meme around Christmas time, and you know, in retrospect, it was an off-color joke. It was, it was, uh, what, what's the word? I don't know. Like it was, it was on the boundary. And I got a response from somebody who I res- whose opinion I respected, and you know, they weren't pleased with the meme, and I deleted it. I thought, fair, fair call, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's, it's, you're not the prime minister. Like if you might, if you put up an off color meme and change your mind about it, so what? Delete yeah. it, get it, you know, like it's no big deal. Move on, move on with your day. There are more important things. But by keeping this self, this self, well, by internalizing this bullshit in our culture and subculture and then censoring your behavior, this is harming you. And this mm. is having a direct influence not just on your bank balance, but also on your self-esteem and your health and well-being, your peace of mind. You know, like we've got to appreciate how dangerous and, you know, um, this is not this is not good. We need to kind of realise that our own psychology is working against us and it's working against us because these thoughts have been planted. We're Absolutely. not born thinking like this. Yeah, and you are. You're told that over and over again and I remember speaking out even as a teenager like some guy was, was having conversation and I remember being dad like, don't don't get involved don't get involved it's like I can hold my own I'm fine like we're just having a conversation I disagree yeah. with what he's saying I'm not being rude I'm not aggravating it's no one's shouting I'm just yeah. I disagree oh I, I actually didn't even disagree I think I just challenged him I'm like right. so what are you saying about that but I was a teenager and a woman and we were at a social event and yeah. I know my dad was worried for me in case I would get hurt but it was like sorry yeah get into trouble or right. something but I also you know maybe there was a thing about how is this going to look on me and it's like yeah. and I didn't give two hoots I didn't feel in danger I didn't feel I was just like it's a conversation yeah. is, it, is it not I'm we're not all here I don't know I never had that thing of I'm not allowed to speak I was like right I got something to say <laughs> <laughs> let me give me the talking stick I, obviously I don't have a problem with that I have a podcast but I know that that is, is the issue for a lot of people and then I've seen the reaction so even though I still don't feel that doesn't make me stop talking. I can see the fear and and what's happening for other people around. Um, and you know, um, you know, it sort of leads into that thing of when you do show up as yourself and when you do put out your own things. And maybe sometimes that will turn off some people, but that's okay because if you're being true and genuine to you, then maybe that they're not the people for you. No, and but you will speak to someone who is for you, and you yeah. are attracted. And when you were talking yeah. about that mass audience before as well, it's like again with that not being kim kardashian realistically a lot of the clients that you and i are working with don't want thousands of customers mm. they're probably looking for most of my clients average is like four people if they had four consistent clients a month mm. or whatever or working with four consistent clients a month, that would be that really nice handsome income oh, good revenue 100%. in their business Hundred percent, and I think you know. I don't think I need to convince you on this one. But the more that you turn up your, the volume on your quirks, your opinions, your point of view, your experience, your expertise, your particular life stories, 
the better it works to attract these, you know, quality, perfect fit people to you until your clients and you are a mutual admiration society. And then it becomes this self-perpetuating momentum of awesomeness where, you know, you love hanging out with them. They love hanging out with you. Everybody's getting value, you know, and it, and it, more of the same. You know, and right. ultimately it's it acts like a magnet. You know, your marketing mm. should magnetize people and it'll draw people in and it'll repel people. Effective marketing should repel people. And that's great because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. You know, like it yes. it's it works like a dream. <laughs> and when you say that, I think that magnetic marketing sometimes has been talked about and it becomes a bit like of a well, how do I do magnetic marketing? Mm. What you've said there is so simple. It is. It's just do more. Yeah. And whenever someone's saying to me, one of my gorgeous people who came on the retreat, she's a content creator, she's like, I'm just having so much fun with it at the moment. Yes. So it, should fun. Be fun. it should be fun. And that's going to have so much more power than yeah. trying to do magnetic marketing. Yes. What's the thing to write? What's the CTA? Yes. What's the this? Or it's, it's like if I just put something up where I'm feeling good or in the mood, yeah, it's going to do far better than something I've fabricated and created and followed the yeah the formula. Oh, do you yeah. feel like this? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I'm, that's yeah. People, people meet me and they're like, "Oh, I think it's so cool. You got a cave house in Turkey, and you used to be a tour leader in Cambodia, and it's awesome that you know you love noodle soup, right, Brooke? You know, let's go and have noodles." And I'm like, "How the hell do you know all this shit?" Right, I put it in my marketing. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and what a great place to connect on it as, as a yeah. start. Or, you know, oh, I love, like, you know, again, I love your nails or I love that colour. Yeah. And then yeah. we talk about things and then, oh, you are you do this. Like, yeah. yeah. What a much nicer way to build a relationship on a place of connection and as people Yeah. as opposed to products and services. But we better wrap up. We've been talking for a while, but I um, I had the pleasure of taking your part in your uh, Write Your Sales Page course and I just wanted to thank you because I did it. Good. I wrote my sales page. I yes. wanted to write another sales page. Right. Probably need to revisit that course because I do need to write another one. Yep, <laughs> so absolutely. I'll go back there, but you uh, also run a program of the same name of your business. Can you tell yes. me a little bit about that? Yeah, so, well, actually the program came before the business. How about that? So, yeah, hustleandheart.com.au was initially a sales page with a thank you page afterwards. So it was a two-page website for many months before it kind of grew organically into a fully-fledged website and a fully-fledged business. The program came first. Um, and you know, it really is my life's work in merging mm. this hustle and heart together, emerging the love and the money, the kind of the yin and the yang, the you know, get out there, get outside your comfort zone, and then make your comfort zone as fabulously awesome as possible so you can retreat back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's about kind of merging these things that, um, you know, are a paradox, they shouldn't be opposing forces you know it has to be black or it has to be white like I think that way of thinking is hopefully well and truly over um, so the hustle and heart program merges these things together and teaches digital marketing and sales skills but it also teaches the soft skills of resilience self-care fun creativity self-expression um self-confidence of course Mm. um you know all these skills that we need for the sustainability because it's you know it's great to learn 
hard skills of, you know, how to do webinars and how to do Facebook ads and how to do Instagram reels. But that's all well and wonderful if we don't implement it and if we don't figure out a way to do business, not just this week and next week when we're feeling good and we're feeling well rested, but for years and years and years and years through all the trials and tribulations of up and down and sideways, then, you know, what's the point? We need to kind of create that longevity and that sustainability and the confidence to make business work for us and to do business our way. And that, I think, is, you know, where the Hustle and Heart program is quite unique because a lot of, you know, people are teaching the soft skills or they're teaching the hard skills, but they're not marrying them together and they're not helping people kind of navigate through them using their own values as a GPS so that they can create a a path that's uniquely their own, yeah, and feel awesome about it in the process. Oh, it's wonderful. And you you really, truly, you walk the walk and talk the talk, Brooke, with that, and it's really fantastic um, the way you're leading, for example, by example. And, um, you know, I really uh, recommend following Brooke on various channels. She adds a lot of value, great newsletter. So please tell us how do we connect and contact you? Uh, sure. So it's hustleandheart.com.au. You can find me on the socials as Brooke McCarthy. So there's no E on Brooke. Um, I'm often asked, you know, why don't you have Hustle and Heart and Brooke McCarthy on the socials? I'm like, because I'm already <laughs> doing <laughs> enough. Thank you. <laughs> like double the amount of channels. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Instagram is probably my favourite. Uh, there's no E on Brooke, so it's just Brooke McCarthy. Uh, and I've also got lots of freebies on the website. Mm. There is a free video training, uh, which you can find at hustleandheart.com.au forward slash free. Um, and, yes, there's a diagnostic quiz to tell you about what your next best step could be. Um, yeah, I love being generous with marketing. You are. Um, you know, it's a it's a great time for us generous-spirited people to be in business because it's all about it. I love it. Uh, no, that's fantastic. And we will put all of that in the show notes as well. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. Uh, thank you for kicking me into gear and getting my stuff out there as well and for all fabulous reminders today. I've, these are episodes really just for me to get some coaching and take notes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Live and Love Your Brand. I'm so grateful that you've shared your time by listening today. That means so much to me. And if you're loving what you're learning, I would be so appreciative if you'd leave a review, rate this podcast and subscribe. It really shows me that you care, but it also helps other listeners to find us too. Again, please be sure to connect with me. I love hearing from you and getting to know your story. You can connect with me on Instagram at lovelycoms, Facebook, lovely communications and please do join the gorgeous community live and love your brand our facebook group or if you're ready to take action now and want to improve how you show up in the world with your brand then head on over to lovelycommunications.com again lovely is l-o-v-e-l-l-y communications.com to learn how you can work with me my clients have gone on to experience opportunities that they could never have dreamed of From starting businesses to taking leadership in their own life, they have found the confidence to stand in who they are and to go wholeheartedly after what they truly want in life. And I want that for you too. 
If you're ready to invest in yourself and reconnect with who you are, then let's chat. Thank you again for listening. Now go into the world and share the beauty that is the uniqueness of you. Catch you next week, lovely.